dissolved the council permanently. Last remnants of the old republic have been swept away. Welcome to my podcast, Young Apprentice. I'm Charlie Ashby, um, and as always, I'm joined by my fellow apprentices, Nikki and Claire. How's it going? Woo! Yeah! Yeah! yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How about them Star Wars? That's pretty we've cool, right? Some, we've had some good Star Wars shit today. Yes, sir. Please and thank you, Dave. Have you been well fed? Oh, I am thoroughly quenched. My appetite is actually not quite satiated because I need to know what happens in the next week and a half. Mm -hmm. But other than that, I'm just, I'm, I'm on a cloud right now. I'm on a cloud that I can't explain to normal people how excited I am. I tried today at work and it did not, it did not um, really pan out for me, but still. Two more courses. Got us, you know. Can't can't get full yet. We're all Sorry. like Darth Maul, like like anxiously walking around the room, going, "It's almost time." <laughs> <laughs> that is all of us right now. It really is. I mean, yeah. I mean, as soon as we all watched the episode, I think we all like just DM'd each other like the same thing, which is, "Oh my god, we've got to talk about this now." <laughs> It did inspire um, a lovely group chat, I will say. <laughs> yes, it did. Um, <laughs> and speaking of the group chat we have, we actually have a guest on this week to talk about the amazing second part of the Siege of Mandalore. Joining us all the way from Octo Radio, it's Auden Diaz. How you doing, buddy? What's going on, my friends? i uh just here trying to explain to a judge where Dave hurt me. And... Uh, <laughs> They, so far, they're Wait. not really getting it, but it hurt me deep, man. It hurt me deep. <laughs> you, are you okay? Oh, I'm getting there. I'm recovering. I mean, I'm used to this relationship where Dave can smack me around and break my heart, and I come back wanting more. I'm starting <laughs> to understand every toxic relationship I've ever seen. <laughs> you never leave me. Yeah, basically. You know, these stories are about family. Um, that's why I'm going to ruin you. <laughs> He's been grooming us for this particular defeat right here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he has been grooming you since you were young. Um, hell yeah. I mean, I, I, you have to say once you have the D, you can't go back. So that's true. Verify. Mm. Once you've ridden the cowboy that? hat. <laughs> Yeehaw, baby. <laughs> Dave Filoni, yeehaw. That'll be his autobiography. <laughs> yeehaw, Dave Filoni's story. Oh my um, god. But yeah, let's just jump straight into the sort of the, the news we've got this week. Obviously, there's not much sort of dropping out anyway. But we do have two pieces which are pretty cool. Um the first up we got from Starwars.com. They revealed that there's going to be an audio book ad- original adventure starring Dr. Afra. Um so you excited about that? Heck yeah, dude. Well, I think um, if I'm not mistaken, it's a retelling of the initial run of the comic book series, isn't it? Or is it a I new think, story? Yeah. I think I, it. Yeah, I don't think it's new. I think it adapts the first arc, but I'm pretty sure there might be some new elements in there as well. I will say, though, 
I even though it is it is a story that we already know, or at least I already know. Um, I am so excited to listen to Triple Zero and BT in the audio format. Just the protocol droid, murderous, homicidal nature. I'm so excited to hear it with my own ear holes. And uh, I love Afra, so heck yeah, sign me up. Nice. Yeah, I, I don't oh, read shit. these. <laughs> Claire just um, died. Um. There you go. Guess the, she uh, she's not gonna find out what triple zeros <laughs> gonna sound like. Um, I'm anyway. sorry, guys. <laughs> um, I never read these comic books, so this could be this for me could be a cool um, intro into the Afra story. So I'm a, I'm excited about it in that way. Um, I still have a complicated relationship with audio books slash audio dramas. I tend to zone out, but I'm trying to get better about that. Um, so hopefully, this will be another good exercise in in sort of uh, you know getting a a fresh take on a story and. Um, in a in a medium that has, I think, a lot of cool potential to to do some some great stuff. Definitely. And the Dooku one is so good that to get any sort of follow up on that is exciting. Yeah, I haven't listened yeah, so to that it... yet. Have not listened yet. The only audio <laughs> yeah. dramas I've heard are like the old school Star Wars audio dramas, and and I read, I listen to the audiobooks mostly. Um, cause sitting down and reading a book and not falling asleep is hard for me a lot of the time. So, um, I can drive and my, I have like a 45 minute drive one way to work. So I, I knock out audiobooks pretty, pretty easily, but I look forward to having some new listening material on my drive. That means Claire's only impression of Dooku Jedi Lost is my <laughs> Sypho Dio's impression going. Yes, it do, is. Do, 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 Dooku. <laughs> <laughs> And that's, I'm going to be honest with you, that's probably all I need. <laughs> so that's why he turned. <laughs> oh, he murdered a young yeah. one that day. <laughs> that was the real Sifo Diaz. Oh, God. Yeah, so the, uh, the audiobook is, um, has been written by Sarah Kuhn and is narrated by a full cast, which is pretty cool to have. You know, like, I don't know who they'll get for. There's two murderous droids, but hopefully they're British. Because, you know, <laughs> it wouldn't be the same. Is this um, where we can finally put Matt Smith after he wasn't in Rise of Skywalker? That'd be great. Oh my god. <laughs> Get him a triple zero. Hello, everyone. No. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> That's my approximation of Matt Smith. I think it was a good impression. Oh well, I have to say, Afra, we're going to kill you now. Um, I Yeah, I I'm interested about it. With the Dooku Jedi Lost book, I couldn't listen to the audiobook. And I might give it another try at some point. But I just... There's something about certain audiobooks. So, with these narrated ones, I'm not really a big fan of the narrated audiobooks. I prefer full-on audio stories, like being told with actors. And it's just like a normal story that has actors involved, like, without the whole... And then the narrator comes in and tells you what happens next. Like, I'm not, I'm not really a big fan of those style of audio dramas. Like, I really struggled with the Jedi Dooku Lost one. Um, (laughs) Jedi Dooku Lost. (laughs) Where where is he? That's a great book. My cat didn't leave the room, so he is kind of lost right now. I mean, I'm really tired, guys. (laughs) 
I woke up really early to watch that Clemens episode, and I haven't slept since. Um, the definition of first world problems. In I know. Movie. I was going to say, that sounds like a goddamn personal problem. <laughs> you signed up um, for this, Charlie. I'm sorry, guys. I don't know if you noticed, but the world is fucking melting right now. I think I'm going to have any problems I want. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Don't come to me in the apocalypse and berate my the way I deal with things. <laughs> my, my struggle is valid. I'm a white dude, and I am <laughs> proud of that fact. Okay. Oh my god, he's my a white man who needs f- a haircut. <laughs> <laughs> oh you god, you don't understand. We need to arm ourselves against the virus. It's very dangerous. <laughs> um, no, I'm eating sunlight personally, so. <laughs> Nikki can photosynthesize his way out of this. <laughs> what you don't, what you don't actually know is that um, Vader doesn't actually use a back to tank. He actually um, he bathes in uh, bleach. Oh, that's right. That's why he's that so makes pale a lot of end. sense. <laughs> that's why he's so pale. <laughs> that's why his eyebrows are gone. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like for example, Doctor Who Big Finish audiobook productions do um. They do narrated episodes, and I have listened to some of them that, that are pretty good, and I, I, I deal with it, because they've got acting in it as well. By, but I think what pushes those books a bit more is that most of the time, the people that play those roles in those books are the people that played them before, so it's easier to listen to them. Whereas when they don't even get like the TV cast to do their characters, it's kind of like, eh, that sucks, I guess. Mm-hmm. But with the with the the full-on audio dramas, the Doctor Who ones, where it's just complete stories. I'm so immersed. I listened to eight in a row the other day. Whoa. Damn, son. Um, and, I mean, they're only like 40 minutes each. But still, it's like, I'm just immersed. It gives you, it gets you into the story, you can visualize everything. Whereas with the Dooku one, I wasn't really as immersed. Because it just breaks it up a little bit. Um, It'd be a bit like if... um. Daniel Radcliffe and Hermione were talking. Daniel Radcliffe and Hermione. Daniel Radcliffe and Emma Watson <laughs> were talking, and then Stephen Fry jumped in and was like, "Who is this Emma Watson you talk of? We are like her name is Hermione." Oh, I'm sorry. I don't remember Dooku last having a narrator. Didn't it? It was all like uh, first person. I can't. I thought it did have a narrator. Can't. I don't believe so. It it was always like a I'm character telling, telling a story. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, I'm gonna Google this now. There was no like omnipotent person. It was always like from <laughs> character. Are you insinuating a- that Count Dooku is not an omnipotent person? You know what? I am because he's dead. <gasps> oh my god! I'm oh, yeah. covering oh. my cat's ears. Covering the ears. All right, peace, smut. He's dead and we can't pull out any more info from him. God damn it. <laughs> Bastards. <laughs> doesn't that... Okay, we'll get into that later, but doesn't that say a lot about the Jedi? Gone. Amma Gundy was in charge of the entire <laughs> Jedi intel department. And now this they explains have- maybe a there, lot. <laughs> maybe there wasn't in the area. Maybe I'm just... Prick. That's always the case. Most likely. Um, <laughs> Just stand. I fucked up on that one. 
<laughs> well, oh, I already God. mentioned I'm a white dude, yeah. so I think people know that I'm wrong. Um. <laughs> <laughs> you get a free pass, though. <laughs> Yay! Hooray for privilege. He's wrong, but he's still somehow going to succeed. <laughs> I fall down the Where's ladder. Where's the lie, though? <laughs> <laughs> ah. Anyway, that looks, that looks pretty cool. Dr. Afro is one of my favorite characters, so seeing her exist in a different medium that isn't just the comic books is always a good sign. Um, but at the same time, give me that bloody Disney Plus show with Chloe Bennett, because I want that now. Put it in our eye holes. Same. Mm, Same. Well, I wonder right what might there. happen. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what else have we got this week? Of course, we've got some Disney Plus news. And that is that Star Wars, there's a potentially a Star Wars series from Russian doll Kokria, Leslie Headland in the works at Disney Plus. Um, according to Variety and other sources, the series hails from Leslie Headland, the co creator, showrunner, and executive producer of the Netflix series Russian doll. There's not exactly like an exact plot of the series because it's been kept under wraps, but people do say it will be a female centric series that takes place in a different part of the Star Wars timeline. Than other projects. What do you think about Ooh. that? And them apples. The future's female bitches. More propaganda from Kathleen Kennedy. So and flipped it to full Alex me. Jones for that voice. <laughs> <laughs> and my dick is Stop very soft. About- <laughs> the turn of the Gungans gay. <laughs> the freaking Gungans gay. Oh, the fluoride in the water your... is turning the Gungans gay. Taking your lightsabers okay. away. Let me just say this, okay? <laughs> so, Kathleen Kennedy, why do you. Why couldn't you just leave? Because Dave Baloney is clearly the best person to be in charge of the project. And women women can't even use lightsabers. Have you even seen. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Okay, so here's my <laughs> counter argument to that argument. Um, mm-hmm. yes. A lightsaber is an inherently phallic object. Are you calling? Are you saying that only men can wield them correctly? I'm just saying that's a bit offensive. Look, a blue one. Also, dude, a bit gay. Ones, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Gay. <laughs> um. <laughs> gay. <laughs> I hate myself. Um, but in all seriousness, I haven't seen Russian Doll. Um, but. My my only association with Russian Doll is everybody telling me, uh, why the hell aren't you watching Russian Doll? Mm-hmm. Um, which will be something that is remedied at some point. Um, but I am very curious to find out what this female-centric Disney Plus show is all about. I'm very excited. Any Just any new Star Wars content, I don't care what it is. I know <laughs> that I'm if new Star Wars is coming my way, I am pleased. And then if we are insinuating that there are some um, and, you know, creators from, from very clinically, I can't talk today. Creators from not. some cli- clinically. They're clinically acclaimed. I know that I'm going to be pleased at the end of this. If they wow. can when, is, when, is, when is clinically acclaimed going to be the new shirt? The <laughs> okay, well, most men are not clinically acclaimed, so let's just let's just put that aside. Kidding, 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 a, a, kidding, kidding. A fair criticism. <laughs> <laughs> you don't, you don't have to take that back at all. <laughs> um, <laughs> Talk about flicks. <laughs> oh God, 
Why is it on Disney Plus when it should be on Netflix? Um, Disney Plus. <laughs> Disney Plus? Okay, if there's any Disney Plus involved, you stay away from my net clit. It's just saying. It's clit. Okay, that wasn't a very good pun, but I tried. No, um, it, was, it was wonderful. <laughs> My mom is going to be so disappointed in me. Thank God she doesn't listen to the show. What are you going um, down, Claire? It just goes boom. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to oh, skip? No, goodness. please, no. <laughs> Don't skip the intro. Don't skip the intro. We need that intro. Four plays important, people. <laughs> oh, God. At Netflix, we pride ourselves on foreplay. <laughs> <laughs> so you can, we do not give you that little button in the bottom right corner. <laughs> this is what happens when you have someone you who lives it. in a place that has some, a structure called the bean. I do. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? Did either of you take your opportunity to flick the bean while you were in Chicago? Did you? I did flick the bean. I didn't flick it, but I did admire it. <laughs> <laughs> you should admire it for the mysterious entity it really is. Um... I also but found I'm his G spot like at the it. at the bottom. You know the like oh where it like where, domes like, up. everything's swirling. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, you did find there. the G spot. You know mm-hmm. what? That is a very mysterious place that not everybody's capable of finding. So I'm I'm proud of you, Nikki. I'm a skilled bean appreciator. <laughs> 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 not bad for my he's first a, time. I'm just saying. He's a veteran of the bean. For your first time, you first found time. You've both bean. flicked the bean accurately mm-hmm. and found the G spot on your first try. I think you you're know, a god, sir. Some people, some people just. I think he's exaggerating. It's instinctive. <laughs> Nikki just turned off his targeting computer and. <laughs> uh, it's a feeling, Jordan. <laughs> An instinct. And the clip, Luke. The clip oh brought god. us together. <laughs> oh my god! Who's I'm like crying. <laughs> Oh, man. You may fire and let it. So Disney Plus. <laughs> so, yeah, you excited oh, for the show? I'm excited that it's in development. Yeah, definitely. But it's also, <laughs> like, like we've spoken about before last time you guys uh, had me on, and, you know, I've spoken to Nikki about it now uh, in an episode I did with him. Development could literally mean she stopped by to visit someone at Lucasfilm, mentioned it would be cool to do this, and then someone ran with the story. So it just it, it is, especially with Hollywood shut down. You know, we oh yeah, we, we I mean if if Obi Wan's not going to release till twenty twenty two, we might not see this till like twenty twenty five. So who knows? I said we make it to twenty twenty five. That's true. <laughs> Let's give that a we shot. Might be, we might be busy selling scrap metal to each other just so we could buy soap. No. Oh my god! It's true. Mainlining, mainlining Clorox and stuff. So, trading <laughs> for portions. Uncar <laughs> Plot was right, man. <laughs> he knew. He He's knew. A legend. I think my biggest worry about this show is that I just don't want there to be like all period blood all over my computer for this women. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> that is a that, that is a joke. I'm being satirical. Um. <laughs> Personally, I hope they they lean in just to permanently destroy all the complainers and cast like Brie Larson as the lead. Let her direct some episodes. <laughs> oh, God, could you imagine? 
Oh, I hope that yeah. instead um, of like instead of like Ludwig Göransson or Kevin Kiner, they get like I don't know Danny Elfman. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Take that, Snyder Bros. <laughs> and I want to put I want to put the original Batman theme in it just to fuck with people. Oh my God! <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> Um, I think something Ooh. about this announcement that certainly made me uh, feel good and a lot of other people I saw online is um, she was being interviewed at the Rise of Skywalker uh, red carpet and um, someone asked her, or the, I guess the reporter asked her like what kind of Star Wars fan she is. And she said she's the kind of Star Wars fan who doesn't have a favorite movie. And it's just all kind of one thing. And I think in this era of the kind of creators we've had so far in this like Disney era, that seems like a little refreshing um, because it seems like someone who is going, is like not trying to say, oh, well, I liked this particular part. So I'm going to be, you know, emulating this one particular kind of thing or something like that. And, um, and someone who like sort of sees it holistically, Mm. which I think is something to Filoni's credit. And I believe even John Favreau is like, Dave taught me to think more like that. Um, so I think that's a, it's an exciting thing to have another sort of creator who will come in and um, think that way. And then also I've seen her talk about um, another, on another sort of panel about how to be like proactively inclusive and not just be like, paying lip service to things and asking for specifics and and saying, you know, I don't want diversity. I want, I specifically want a black writer, like kind of like just being direct about that stuff. So I think if, if this all happens, I think she's going to be a really cool influence on the way um, her show would work and potentially how Lucasfilm and Disney and the industry hires going into the future. 100% yes. Yeah, definitely. I will say, like, I think one of the cool things about having people like that on board is that, like you said, they're not part of the old group of people that just automatically grew up with the original trilogy and sort of disowned the prequels and such. They're a group of people that I like to collectively refer to as the people who think that the B-Wings are the best ship. (laughs) 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 Like, and they're oh, yeah. proud about it. Like, no, they're not. Get out of here. There's those oh people. God. Then there's the Dutch Rindos so cool people who are just wrong, but it's fine. <laughs> um, well, I mean, it's okay to be wrong sometimes. Or all the time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who are we to judge? Um, <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, I can't blame them. It's like, you know, when when you grow up with something, that's, that's kind of the the spark for everything. But it's like, I'm, re- I'm, ready for, I'm ready for that sort of shift in where sort of the next generation after that sort of who isn't so rooted um, can can come in and sort of add just a totally new flavor to the way we see everything right yeah. and that's sort of like the i remember reading like the the vader charles soul run and when i spoke to soul at celebration i was talking to him about that scene where 
he had uh, the vision of Padme drop the are you an angel line and mm-hmm. how cool it is to sort of <laughs> Sorry. twist the things that we saw in the prequel era and that in 15, 20 years time, the next generation of filmmakers and writers are going to be the kids that are saying, you know, when I saw the Battle of Geonosis, I thought that that was the coolest thing ever. And so this is sort of my riff on that. And I think it's we've had a great chunk of, you know, original trilogy reinterpretation and stuff like that. But and it's not like I want it to end. I mean, do it up for sure. But to get that variation, I think is important, especially from, you know, like you're saying how Dave can he can get Favreau to include more prequel stuff over time, but Favreau's not going to suddenly start dropping, you know, deep references and stuff like that because that's just not his thing. So for mm-hmm. someone like this who loves everything, um, who knows what there could be? I mean, she could get like this could be a Janina Gavankar Iden show or something like that. Like who knows? Oh what? God! Why did you say that? Can <laughs> 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 I have to excuse myself for a bit? <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Claire, All right. Claire's driving down to the bean right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just picturing Aiden and Del Mico and 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 Triv and I'm 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 sorry. Um I agree with everything you said though. <clears throat> You're making me I feel do feel shriveled. like a lot of the <laughs> but yeah, I do feel like a lot of the and I know that not all of my co-hosts agree with this statement, but in the sequel trilogy, I feel like Ryan Johnson did a really good job at um, paying homage to the prequels, but I don't think the two JJ chapters did that quite as much, um, which was a really big disappointment for me. (laughs) 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 That was a disappointment for me in episode nine, considering in the panel and in interviews how much he was like, we are so prequel loving, like, that's obviously hyperbole well, clear, of what he clearly, said in those interviews. Clearly, but, um, you missed the B one battle droid in Babu shop. That's what he. That's <laughs> I mean, what he was to, referring I to. Know. I mean, here's a whole like there's a whole snippet from the prequel films in there. And the music cue that's pretty cool. <laughs> but the, but but Charlie, a music cue and a B one battle droid do not a prequel heavy love story make in my book. I, I, I agree with that. Um, like, I think no, it's, I totally agree. Yeah, I, agree. I think they overplayed their hand on the uh, we're gonna tie all nine together. <laughs> exactly. Like, and do but, not yeah. package up a deal you cannot deliver on mm-hmm. when you're talking to us crazy prequel loving motherfuckers. Like that is not gonna satisfy the crazies. Um and that's okay. I, I like I'm not I'm not hating on episode nine. I'm not here to do that. But I do feel like um as much as the original trilogy will always be my favorite too, I do feel like me and um, I do feel like we need a little bit more love in the for the prequels and the content to come. Which is why I'm so happy Clone Wars is back because that, that we're still like in that era, living it, loving it, and you can't not reference those movies at this point in the Clone Wars because that's exactly where they're placed. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But I look forward to the new content that spreads throughout different times and locations in the galaxy, reflecting that prequel influence. And I hope that this mysterious new series that we won't get for years, um, <laughs> it does reflect that too. Also, B-Wings are the best. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought that the uh, the OT purest people were 
B-wing bros, so to speak. <laughs> I always associated them more with like the Y-wing. Yeah, because Return nice. of the Jedi shit. <laughs> I swear that to God, doesn't exist. Am I right? Oh, if fucking anyone, teddy bears! If anyone said that to me at a celebration, I would deck them. <laughs> <laughs> Return of the Jedi didn't like do anything consequential. It was just silly. Oh God, I can't even continue with this joke. But wow. um, Empire is oh. so good because there's a bit where Luke goes into this tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> Coming from men who will never get into the female cave. Um, Ow! <laughs> Whoa. What were we talking about? <laughs> Taking that all you, you need. You're welcome. <laughs> I'll take this. Yeah, just just remember, Ryan Johnson got Mark Hamill to say the words Darth Sidious on screen. Oh, sorry. Just came. <laughs> yeah, yep. Ryan Johnson also killed Luke Skywalker, which, you know, if you watch the prequels, Luke was a baby, so technically Ryan Johnson murdered the baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh god wow that's such, a, that's such a slippery slope, such a slippery slope. Fun. how many <laughs> babies have died in this saga fandom <laughs> right. is always fun jj also killed a baby because <laughs> and if and if if ryan would kill a human baby that means that he would kill an animal baby and if he would kill an animal baby that means he clubs baby seals <laughs> You're the transitive property. Where did these balls come from? <laughs> They're puffins that he murdered. Oh my god. And sewed their souls onto hamsters. <laughs> sewed their souls. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. That reminds me of crying, um, that, that reminds me of this Frankie Boyle joke where he, he told a kid in the audience at his comedy show, um, he said that when he was younger, his grandfather made him go up in his loft. And inside it, he brought down a chest, and he said inside the chest was a mermaid, and he made him make love to the mermaid for his sexual gratification. <laughs> his grandfather. <laughs> and, he went, and then years later, when they, he, says, he goes, and years later, when the old bastard died, I went up to that loft, I took down that chest, and he went, and I opened it, and he told this kid, he went, and do you know what was inside it? He went, it was a monkey with its legs <laughs> sort of <laughs> tied together, and he went. That's what you remind me of. <laughs> oh my god. Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah, oh Monkey with together. Like, so together. <laughs> That's what you remind me of. That just oh got fucking god. To be a kid at a Frankie Boyle show. Oh, fantastic <clears throat> stuff. Great parenting. <laughs> but yeah, I, I really have to try and give um, Russian Doll a watch. I think the only issue I had with it so far is that when I try to go on Netflix to find it, every time I click on it, it, it pops up with another pop-up for the show. But every time I click on it, it gets smaller and smaller, and I just can't, I can't seem to find the show. <laughs> <laughs> nice. What a cuckoo. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, let's just jump into the main part of this week's episode, which is our review of part two of the Siege of Mandalore. Where we scream into the microphone first. How? <laughs> You're welcome. Um so that was good stuff, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> uh I'd say so. Star Wars is pretty good. I had, to change my, I had to change my pants this morning. <laughs> I did too. Have you seen Alien? Yes. Yes. You know, you know when yes, the, the android gets destroyed? 
Mm-hmm. And there's all white shit coming out of him. That was me off yeah. watching this episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. oh my god! Just leaking. There was like I was writhing on the floor, <laughs> trying to kill people. <laughs> trying to kill people. Good stuff. Just screaming for mother. <laughs> um. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, that's that's relatable. <laughs> I mean, you just said you're going to scream to a microphone, so for, forgive me for you know have my own little reaction to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. fair. I mean, there was a little bit of jewel of the fates in this episode, which is pretty cool. There's a little bit of everything in this episode, which there's a lot. <laughs> it makes it makes it so hard to review because it's like you want to say yeah. one thing and that bounces off like five other things that come to mind when you say that one thing. And it's like, uh, yeah, it, it was just so much. Um, it's, it's just, it, it is, it's insane to me what um, these first two episodes have accomplished, which are potentially like <laughs> emotionally the tamest of the, the four. Like, oh my God. like <laughs> what the hell is, what the hell is coming oh, ahead? No. You know, it's like, um, but this, this one, it was, I mean, so the first one I feel like had, it fulfilled a lot of like action and like emotional beats of these characters coming together. And then this one just dropped pure dread into the situation. Um, and it just permeates the whole episode and is of course fed by Maul's sort of, um, premonition of the, of what's to come. And, and I think, uh, like just specifically about that, they really hammer home on this feeling that. Like Maul is like Maul is different. Um, I think Almec's like, yeah, he's been kind of weird past few weeks. <laughs> <laughs> like a little weirder in particular. Um, Almec's like his college roommate. That's like he ain't looking good. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> something's up with Maul. It's like that. It's like <laughs> he should be smoking a lot less weed and not be taking one twenty credit hours right Ooh. now. Like, damn, buddy. It's like that Simpsons mm-hmm. episode where they look at the window at Bart's room. It's like, he's getting weird. <laughs> he's getting <laughs> out the window. Yeah. No, yeah. So there's this, there's just this vibe to this episode that, yeah, it's just like, obviously we know what's coming. We know what the, the impending doom is pointing towards, but um, man, it's, it's, it's so palpable in this episode. It you is. And it's I- palpatinable. Oh, yeah this episode it's like i i i'm having a difficult time with these last four episodes only in the sense of like i know all of my friends are about to be dead um i'm the little dinosaur from that children's book um but um (laughs) i it's it's and i'm very thankful that we are in a timeline where we know what happens at the end of the entire saga, especially at the end of Revenge of the Sith, because, um, man, if we didn't know, I don't, I would just be like having a little panic attack over here. And, um, no, it's, it's, they're doing an excellent job at giving us suspense and dread and excitement and like, just complete confusion as to what is really going to happen in this story, even though we know how the story ends up. They're doing a fantastic job. The animation is at its finest and most beautiful it's ever been. Quote, 
explosion, glass shattering, embers oh, coming God, yeah. through the open window. Absolutely. F- like mocap fight scene gorgeousness. Like this is this is Star Wars animation at its absolute finest, not only in the production and the visuals, but in the performances from the actors, in the storytelling. You can tell that this is a story that every single writer has been dying to tell in that Clone Wars staff. It's just, you can tell that this is just, it, it just makes me happy that Clone Wars and that in a lot of cases, Star Wars in general is being done by people who love this crazy space wizardy nonsense as much as we do and buy into it and take it as seriously because this is this is just insane. And Clone Wars is is like my favorite. It's my jam. We all know that like, I'm here preaching my crazy Clone Wars nonsense and my Ahsoka obsession. And this is just phenomenal. And I don't I don't know how to talk about it specifically right now because I'm yeah. just so emotionally overwhelmed by everything that's hitting my eyes and my ears. It's just I mean, yeah, no, you could so take true. you could take every scene in this episode and like spend ten minutes on it. It's you really good. It's like there's so much to chew on. And yeah, it's like um it's it's I think you're super right about how so much love has been poured into this and and not even from just like oh yeah they're they're pouring they're they're pouring love to it and that's good enough like it's it's it shows and how just everything about this is different um it, like the craft itself has just been elevated so high because not only like has just time allowed them to to get better and experience whatnot but like it's like this attention to this needs to be perfect um and it is is like it's and we've it's been sitting level. on this shit for years. We've been sitting on this story for so long. Mm-hmm. It's so insane to even think like the, the amount of conversations we've had. And you read like you know the work of E.K. Johnston in the in the Ahsoka YA novel, and how you you get the, those glimpses of the siege, and you're like, well, that'd be cool. And now it's like you're you're processing it, and you're, I mean, it's nuts. I mean, I, I, you know, talking a little bit uh, last night when I was recording with Nikki about going back to 08 when Clone Wars started and having in your mind those thoughts of, well, this character's got to die and now we know she goes on, but there's still that that inherent almost, but we don't have all the details and we're so hungry for the details because we know they're hungry for the details that Dave and everyone involved is just ready to, to just destroy our hearts. And I never would have thought back in 2008 that this particular mini saga within the saga would end at the same time as Revenge of the Sith. I always thought that the Clone Wars finale would be happy, happy, joy, joy, goodbyes, and then Anakin and Obi would fly off in the Starfighters, and I knew that Revenge of the Sith was starting. Now you've got Obi-Wan broadcasting from Utapau God into the siege, and I was like, oh my God, what is happening? <laughs> this, this is that's everything when I could felt, have wanted. That's one of the first moments I felt an urge to puff my inhaler during this. Dude, this same, like, same. God! <laughs> I, I I saw him like with the hood up, and I was like, "Oh, oh my god! It it are we already? Did him and Anakin already split up? Oh, is oh god, Dooku's dead! Oh god!" And yeah, at that point, I'm like, "Set your clocks, baby, because Mace Windu's marching up on that office real soon." <laughs> like 20 minutes, he'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> it's bad news for everyone. Oh man, 
yeah, it's it's wild how it's all yeah, just just the like you said, like just those moments of like <laughs> I wish I wish we could ask Count Duke about this because he's dead. <laughs> and you're like, oh shit, it's happened. <laughs> we're 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 barreling very, very fast. Um And on that Yeah. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, Go no, ahead. that's done. You're good. Um and on the subject of Count Dooku having the information and like this, that particular scene gave so much weight to that scene in Attack of the Clones where Count Dooku is sitting there while Obi-Wan is sus- is like suspended in his little prisony floaty chain nonsense and him being like, Dolph, Sidious is a thing. And he's like, okay, bitch, whatever. It's very interesting to see that point in the timeline where Obi-Wan's like, yeah, I think I believe him now. and. Knowing that at the end of this episode, we have captured Maul. We have him. We have the information that we need. And what in the hell is going to happen with him now that Maul has been captured? How does he get it? How does he escape? What is like, how does he escape from Ahsoka's imprisonment? And how do the Jedi not get the information? That they need before they're all dead. disaster. <laughs> Pretty oh. much. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, are we gonna be like mid-transporting Maul like to the Jedi Council to get interrogated? And then is Order 66 gonna happen in flight? Or is Maul gonna yeah. escape? That's exactly what's gonna or happen. What's gonna freaking happen? I'm just, and just I, like, is it oh. Obi-Wan's message that comes over the comms of like the turn back, do not return to the temple that stops type thing that. and and then, and then Maul sees. Oof, man! And then Does even thinking about go? thinking about the uh, the stuff that we've heard from from Gilroy about whether or not Rex took part. Like, is Rex going to turn and Ahsoka has to non-violently no. take him out and <laughs> no. like try to, try to knock him out or something, and then work on it later? Or does he realize what's going to happen and and de-chip himself beforehand? And it just have we got an angle on his head yet? Oh, he whether he's got the scar. He hasn't take, yeah, we have. He hasn't taken it out yet. Ooh. I hate this, guys. Because <laughs> he has the scar, right? They all have the scar. Um, I've got a simple yes. answer for that. And that is like Rebels is just a pipe dream that Asuka has as she's mentally trying to um, get over the fact that her master murdered everyone and her friend tried to kill her. She had to kill her. Hey, Rex. Charlie, can you do me a big old favor and get out? <laughs> <laughs> it's like that Rex yes, wasn't actually Rex. It was an actor. <laughs> a crisis actor. Or just another no. clone. They're like, I need you to play Rex, please. I feel really guilty about killing him. <laughs> it's an actor oh, no, no. Baker. <laughs> Guys, why do you do this to me? It hurts. No, seriously, if you um, someone's put on YouTube and I think that there's a reason this, they did this on purpose and I feel like your point of view and discussions about what could happen like is explained in this episode itself, and that is that when Maul and Ahsoka start to fight, there's a sound effect, a specific sound effect. When he gets ready, <laughs> it's the Palpatine spin. <sighs> yes, it and is. Someone said if you play that at the exact same time as it plays in Revenge of the Sith, it is on point. It all adds up. It all makes sense. Like there's there's too many coincidences, and yeah. that when that scene ends, and it's um, all on top of that big scaffolding, and he puts his hand out to say, "Please join me for the last time." That's also the, when it 
the section it coincides with Revenge of the Sith is when Anakin is kneeling to Palpatine. Is this also the um, the thing of like the shattered windows? Also, does it line up too? Um, I I don't know. I haven't. Oh wait, no! Because oh, the, the Palpatine's window shatters at the same time. Uh, never mind. Because if the scream is the same, then that wouldn't be the same. But a cool visual, nonetheless. A lot of broken Absolutely. glass, nonetheless, across the galaxy. It was so cool. Very but, reminiscent of of you know Snoke's throne room, of course, and the embers and everything, and the outstretched hand. I mean, the amount of visual parallels we've gotten to the stuff that Ryan did so far. This this just this arc with you know Anakin last episode, and it's just. Uh, you know, it's it's everything that you could want visually mm-hmm. where it has that George Lucas test of, you know, if you've watched it a couple times, make your third watch completely mute and just watch the visual storytelling. It's nuts. Yeah, but it's it's just next level. It's it's everything Dave's learned from everyone <laughs> like coming yeah. forward. It's it's so amazing. Absolutely. And tying in with, you know, what Charlie was pointing out about how the, you know, the, the Palpatine sound effect. I'll be really curious when this is inevitably edited down into a, you know, a, a long piece instead of four parts. If, uh, you know, how much syncing up there is, because, you know, last episode we got the same music cues from the Battle of Coruscant as Ahsoka, you know, took the dive out to begin the siege and everything and was jumping from ship to ship, jetpack to jetpack. Now we've got this. Um, obviously, I don't want to I don't want to trigger anyone in the chat. I'm here, but you know, just like in Fallen Order, we're gonna get Anakin's dark deeds at some point. No, uh, heavy in the wheezing. score. For <laughs> you know, we, we, we know it's gonna happen. I couldn't deal with it in Fallen Order. I could barely deal with it in Lego Star Wars, but here it is. Hey, what will actually happen? I can't deal with it in any Star Wars, to be honest. What will actually happen <laughs> is they'll Dave will basically play that for a start and when it gets to the Plo Koon sequence it's extended and we see him pressing <laughs> the eject button and then the James Bond theme ha- plays when there's a big parachute and speaking of an eject straight button into the I love- camera and winks <laughs> oh my god I love how the the old like animatic of it was that he did eject and then the clone shot his ejection seat oh well, that's depressing. <laughs> I know, right? It's like, we have, like, twist the knife, man. Like, some of those, like, early Order 66, like, storyboards were fucking wild. They're, like, walkers stepping on people. And it was it was insane. Ooh. Yeah. Speaking so of sad. walkers stepping on people, did you notice in this episode? I'm sorry, this is a tangent. <laughs> the the <laughs> shot fall, and then the fucking walker steps on his own shot troop he could be wounded he might not be dead come on like right before right it's so yes. it's like it's right. i'm like every time i see them like r.i.p <laughs> every time i take like a sharp intake of breath and i'm like this oh is God. not nice dave i notice that every time too it's hilarious oh. in a very could be wounded. sick way could be wounded and speaking of people uh, getting now. crushed by things or almost getting crushed the as claire said earlier and offline the that elevator scene, man. That <laughs> elevator fight. That some was superhero some, shit. It was some yeah. insanely... It, it was a dance number choreographed in the guise of a fight scene. It was so gorgeous. And the elevator, it was just... Oh, my God. There was I, such I, a vibe I, oh. with the, like, catching the elevator. And, like, 
It, it reminded, like, specifically, it reminded me of when uh, I think it's Civil War when, like, Captain America's got like one hand on the helicopter and one hand yeah. on the landing pad, and he's yes! just like, "Admire my strength." <laughs> and, a big flex. Yeah, and uh, yeah, no, she was she was killing him in fuck a ton. They're both really hot, and then they fight each other, and then they're yeah. even hotter. It's that's, just that's big mood. And there's another hottie. There's another hottie in this episode. Can anyone guess who I'm going to say? Paul. I mean, pretty much everybody, but Paul freaking Bettany animated <laughs> form. Oh, oh hell yeah! Oh hell yeah! <laughs> you talking about? I thought you meant Olmec. <laughs> Wait, actually, like real talk though. Have you guys noticed that the shading on every single character is like everybody's hair and skin looks almost watercolor like? It's painterly, right? Like a orange. It really orange, is. It's like orange Monet. Orange and white on her looks very painterly. I thought the same thing today. Yes, and like Maul's the red coloration, especially in his tattoos, mm-hmm. and Almec's face looked like a literal Monet painting. So I he remember- was kind of sexy in like a weird grandpa way. I remember a while ago. <laughs> 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 I remember. Put the makeup back on him, then he will be sexy grandpa, so it will be good. I think it was when Rebels started. I remember them, I think it must have been Dave Filoni or like Killian Plunkett or something talking about how like sort of the design um, baseline for Rebels was like Kenner figures. Like when, when they think about like just the building blocks of putting the characters together. And I think he compared that to Clone Wars being like, like the the wooden block kind of puppets, like marionette kind of thing. That's interesting. I see that. And Obviously, I, I think see that's that. where it's yeah. where the way oh, right, right, right. that they're that they're like um, colored and stuff with where it looks like paint strokes. I think yeah. that's right. that's where that like all keys in because that's sort of the building block of how they designed characters. Absolutely, that's I dig great. It. That's great insights. Um, yeah, it's, it's really cool to see how much it's evolved. I mean, it it makes me think like, you know, their way that they've, you know, come back to this with all these enhanced tools and everything. It just makes me more excited for, you know, potential rebel sequel to see how that style could evolve in its own way. Mm -hmm. And if we ever were to see, you know, Kaz and Yeager and all those characters, how that style could evolve in its own way. And the, the, you know, every time that this is successful, you know, just pump more dollars into it. Like I'm sure Mandalorian season two will look even more gorgeous than the first one. And we'll just keep evolving and keep growing. And maybe I'll get to see more glory shots of Dryden Voss just doing business work uh, <laughs> in HD animation. Cause I lost my effing mind when Same. I saw that hologram lost my mind because I thought that, you know, yeah, we're making clone wars now that we've had more canon, So maybe we'll get some drops. And I thought that the biggest visual one we'd get would be Caleb doom. But I mm-hmm. did not expect. Now everything's on the table. Gideon's on the table. Jaro to Paul's on the table. I mean, it's it all the all the tools are here now. And seeing that even for two seconds, like it just says, in the same way that Solo validated this show to the movie going audience, this tells the hardcore people that may have skipped Solo out of anger, nah, <laughs> go back and watch it. Yeah, definitely. It's one of those things when it's like, oh. Yeah, you can drop Crimson Dawn, you know, in the in the, the one of the Pike episodes. You can name drop yeah. them, and then it's like, yeah, this is like the extension of that. I didn't think, or like, yeah, of course, it's always possible, but like, you're never sure if they're like really gonna go there. And of course, sure, or if there. Dryden was even in charge at that moment, you know, yeah. it, it, it could have been an evolving 
group as we've seen that mm-hmm. it, the leaders change and maybe someone else had that sick computer ring that Kira takes off of his body and it's it's things like that that inform the later stuff. I mean, one of the big ones that we that we talked about uh before we started recording was the whole idea that in Rebels it plays like Ahsoka is feeling Anakin's presence for the first time and she's shocked that this guy could be Anakin. Now we know that she's always known that that could have been possible and her denial is that much heavier. Oh, exactly. She's been telling herself for years, he's lying. He's the Sith. He's trying to deceive me. He was not right. He could not have been right. There's no, there's no way. And then having all of your deepest, darkest fears be confirmed. Oh, I think that's God. like, that's the power of writing um, prequels like this because it's like, you can't, you can't, pull fast ones on us all the time with stuff, you know, like, cause we know, like we know where it goes. Um, but just keeping it rooted in character is amazing because it's like when, when this always happens, when, when Dooku tells Obi-Wan about Sidious and when Maul tells Ahsoka about Anakin, it's like, we sit here as an audience knowing that's going to happen. Like, Oh my God, why don't they just believe him? <laughs> cause like they could have prevented this whole thing, but it's like, no, it's because it's, the writing is so rooted in the character where it's like, you can't, you just understand how they can't fathom that. It's like, if I stood here and like looked at Charlie and like told him his dad was going to be a Tottenham fan. And oh, Charlie's God. like, Charlie's <laughs> oh, like, no. like, like what do you, yeah. what even, you don't know anything. Like you're like, a, like this moron. <laughs> like, your, your, vision, your vision is so flawed. Like what the fuck? Like I'm going to draw my lightsabers. Like, and, it, and it's an amazing turn. Kill you. It's an amazing turn because she was going to side with him. And when he drops that, she's like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. <laughs> get the fuck out of here. Um, like, it's, it's, so, it's so cool how they do that. And, and yeah, it's like just keeping it rooted in point of view and character is, is so strong in, in uh, and the, these episodes. And the whole Star Wars theme over time of, uh, you know, Obi-Wan saying, like, truths come down to our point of view and how it's the most difficult thing to accept when that truth comes from evil, like Vader's not lying in empire and Kylo Ren is not lying in totality in last Jedi. And Palpatine is unfortunately one of the most honest characters Mm -hmm. um, in in his way throughout the entire saga. I mean, and from revenge of the Sith with Plagueis talk all the way to rise of Skywalker, everything he says to Ray He's, he's very upfront about his plan. That's the least duplicitous he ever is, where he's like, mm-hmm. I'm going to possess you, and that's how it's going to be. These these characters have a way of manipulating truth by brushing up against it harder than the good guys can, because the good guys are trying to um, be more meticulous, and ultimately, we know it doesn't work out. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. amazing just, yeah, throughout, like, how the dark side doesn't need to lie. The dark side never lies. Yeah. It, We've they, talked about that. They like, just they, know. They, they know just the worst parts say, of like nature, and they exploit that. So they, they tell the truths you don't want to hear, mm-hmm. and because of that, they make the good guys not believe. In, like honestly, in a lot of ways, they're more honest than the Jedi. Just listen to Obi, like to freaking Obi's point of view. Um, that I did tell you the truth from a certain point of view. The Jedi will sugarcoat everything, and Maul's going to straight up tell you, yeah, uh, Sidious has been grooming Anakin to be his apprentice. 
it's it's just so interesting how all of the baddies seem to be so honest about what's going on, even more so than the Jedi. I think I about have, that a lot. I have to say, I watched an episode of Rebels. I watched an episode of the Rebel of Rebels after I watched this episode, and what you were just saying about how like prequels inform based on what we've seen in the future and such as that. There's this particular episode of Rebels, which is my favorite, which well, where I always tear up at, and it hits so much harder now. And that is Shroud of Darkness. Mm-hmm. When, oh, um, yeah. Ahsoka goes to the temple. So before you thought, like you said, all about denial, when she hears Anakin say, you left me, and you get the speech from Obi-Wan saying, if you just, if you just speak to him, like, could you imagine how life ordering that ch- like that chat could have been it hurts and it's- and like how so many of these things are there you can't take one party and one person and every you know formula and say that they are the one that was wrong i mean we've seen this so much with with ben solo where all of the loved ones in his life if any of them had gone left when they'd gone right and we see this now with um ahsoka and we've seen it with anakin and padme and it just it breaks your heart. I mean, you sent us that that tweet that had um, an early early Clone Wars episode where, you know, it's if the three of us stick together, we'll be okay. And how now it's it's the Sith divide and conquer. And I, I go back to one of my favorite quotes from recent Star Wars is Zori Bliss. You know, they win by making you think you're alone. Exactly. And, and that permeates everything. And Dave makes me feel alone. And that's why I need to come on shows <laughs> <laughs> like this. <laughs> Oh, he's, he's like this evil, brilliant sorcerer. God damn it. The dark it's all in the cowboy. hat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just say, hiding practice. under there, buddy. Can I just say how much I absolutely adore? Well, first of all, I just want to say congratulations to Sam Whitworth, who he delivers his best performance. We love uh, you, Daddy. I would, I would argue one of his best performances of all time. Easily. so exceptional. This guy. And also, this guy. This guy. The character of Darth Maul is one of the best in the Star Wars. Like, I, at this point, he could possibly be one of my favorites, top three. He is my top three. And probably top two. Because he, he, he's such a fascinating character. And what I love, and I, what I sort of wanted from this finale, is the dichotomy of them, Ahsoka and Maul, being the opposite of each other. But so similar as well. They've both been neglected by their masters, as Maul says. And they're both kind of in this middle ground. I wouldn't say, like, obviously, Great Jedi is a stupid concept, but they're both in this concept where they're not, she's not, she's not a Jedi, he's not a Sith. But obviously, they're linked towards those paths, whereas st- they still share a common goal, which is obviously destroying the Sith in general. And I know people are saying, like, oh, Maul is like, trying to build up for himself. Pro- obviously, he's trying to build up for himself. He's still in, he's still stuck in this whole routine of trying to, be in control of the galaxy, but I, I truly do believe that he hates Palpatine. And there's something that Sam does in this performance, which you see in season five. He's terrified of this man. This is a man who kidnapped him as a child, brought him up in this way, neglected him, used him as trash, and then manipulated him again for his own benefit, and murdered his murdered his family. He does not like Palpatine. <laughs> And you can sense that, that fear and like the inevitability of it all. Like his one last chance is to stop this Anakin. Could you imagine that one decision if Anakin did go? 
how the way the galaxy will like this is the, one of the reasons why I really want that um, Star Wars Infinities like animated show because imagine in that episode what if Anakin went to Mandalore <laughs> except I 100% believe Ahsoka when she says you wouldn't have lasted long <laughs> <laughs> I mean Which true but it's such a great moment in that fight but yeah Oof. no it's it's it is fascinating to think about it, it's I think that's why this era is so great because it's like um, just taking Revenge of the Sith uh, independently, it's like how many little moments can you you sit through it and be like, well, what if they didn't do that? What if they did the other thing? What if? Yeah. And it's just like mm-hmm. every single point of the story would have changed so much, and that's why it's such a great tragedy. And to quote the crawl of Revenge of the Sith, there are heroes on both sides. There's heroes exactly. on both sides, and nobody is absolutely right. Nobody's absolutely wrong. Darth Maul's motivations are good in some sense. Ahsoka's motivations are bad in some sense. Like everybody, nobody has the exact right point of view in this right. time. Because Ahsoka's acting out of um, hurt and pain from the systems, you know, which is a very Absolutely. George Lucas theme. Uh, you know, the, the system is what screwed you. And the whole idea of this episode having Apprentice in its name, it's the two <laughs> of you come from separate systems. They both failed you, and now here you are, a hodgepodge of ideas, each in your own way. I would even argue that the main reason why that this whole thing is screwed is because of her relationship to Anakin and her attachment. She learned that behavior from Anakin. She's not the same as Obi-Wan. She realizes when Obi-Wan says about the, um, Anakin's mission, she automatically takes his side because she has grown up with him, and she believes his sort of point of view where... You can be a bit more renegade in terms of the Jedi Council, especially now that she's not part of it. So when Maul says that they can go off together and kill Anakin, she potentially could have said, you know what? I will go with you. I I know that I can stop him. I can help you stop this Sidious. I can help stop that. She doesn't. She automatically goes with, well, you're trying to kill Anakin, so I'm going to defend him. I'm going to save him. He wouldn't do that. Which, you know... Is an, att- yeah. is an attachment to Anakin, which it's is exactly- very much a learned behavior, and yeah. it's the kind. It's the whole thing of a, uh, you know, it's been a, it's been a talking point a little bit with the blue blades instead of her normal green ones, and how they'll probably have to reprint the Ahsoka novel and change out that little passage and mention that they were blue at that time. But you know, obviously, it's it's played for comedy, and Anakin gives that cheeky little grin of, yeah, they're a little bit better now. He probably <laughs> altered them with the crystals and stuff, but. I honestly would have been okay with them just leaving it open-ended. Why are they blue? Because of your your soul, your attachment, the force. I mean, in the same way that dispelling dark energy and pain and, and healing something can make them go to a neutral white, a friendship that powerful, like in a, in a Patronus-type way, how Snape has Lily's Patronus because of his connection. Ah! Your, bl- your blades are blue now because you know this this guy changed your life in such a significant way. Um, and oh, well, then you has... fit in right here. And they, well. yes, you do. Yes, you do. Let's <laughs> be fair. Like at this point in the story, I think that, like, even though she has kind of scorned him—not really, but in the last episode, she scorned him when she left the Jedi, and that she kind of like brushed him off when we saw them in the previous episode. Um, but they have never been more fundamentally aligned 
you know, pre-Palpatine officially telling him, yo, be Vader now. Um, yeah. <laughs> they have never been more in sync. That's exactly the exact quote. <laughs> yo. It's like, I do. Vader. be Vader now, bro. Um, no, it's right. it's true though. Like so dabs. Like, <laughs> like pre the push to go to the dark side from Palpatine. Right now, Anakin and Ahsoka agree. They are in sync. And yes. you know, who they are surrounded by and what they are fighting for at the moment are is clearly so different. Anakin has his selfish purposes, and Ahsoka is thinking of others right now. And, and um, to uh, to your point, and to Charlie's, and, and even to Nikki's too, on on your your previous uh, live show episode, talking about how the Clone Wars characters come into Rebels having lost so much, it's only after that almost nineteen years of hiding and exile and being fulcrum and the pain and the grief is she in a more centered place like an old Ben Kenobi? She had yes. to go through things, and she becomes this amalgam of everyone that taught her. But right now, at the most tumultuous point, she reflects her most tumultuous influence. Definitely. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like there's so much tragedy built up within there. And I would argue that Maul is right. I think Maul was right. His plan is, is you know, he's manipulative. But in the grander scheme of things... I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying you should like manipulate, create a war situation just to get someone there. But <laughs> I mean, I am. But whatever. I mean, what the, I mean, the Jedi aren't doing any better, are they? Really, to be honest. I mean, the science. Like, I always remember like watching the films and being stuff like, I thinking like, there was always this discussion ever since Revenge of the Sith where people would go, I wonder what Obi Wan and the Council think about Anakin chopping off Pal- uh, Dooku's head. That must be pretty like. Like negative, and then we find out in this episode, nope. <laughs> They're just like, oh, that sucks. <laughs> Can't get mm. answers out of him. Oh well. Glad that like- guy's gone. Sort of. Well, except it seems like he had info. <laughs> you know, it's it all feeds into everything, right? It's the corruption of the war. Exactly. It's, it's you know, it's it's losing the touch of what you know what uh, is. I guess like well, sort of right. cosmically yeah. important, you know. And that's what I think. That's what I'm trying to say about Maul is that I think he had a point. I don't think you could have killed, I don't think he should have killed Anakin. And I feel like with him and Ahsoka together, they could have perhaps like, turned him. I still think he would have benefited from it. And I know that he would have been manipulated the situation. But at the same time, I still think that for the greater good of the galaxy, <laughs> he could have potentially <laughs> have stopped that. I think that's true. I also don't give him that much credit because yeah, it's all, it's all selfish. Like it's he's not he's not thinking of, about the galaxy. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that because I, I don't. Think, I don't think he's protecting the galaxy at all. I don't think he wants to protect the galaxy from an altruistic point of view or completely. But that that scene where he's tortured, he's being raised up, and he screams at them, saying, "You don't know what you've done." That. The sight about that rings true to me. I don't. I don't know how to deal with that yet. Obviously, we've got two episodes left, and right, these are our point. And these are different points of view, but I still think there's something quite about that particular line, and also in Rebels about him wanting to have some sort of peace. I still think that he he doesn't agree with the plan. It kind it's, of does feel almost like how I've described the the Thanos stuff in the Infinity Saga of Marvel. It's that he 
as depicted on screen anyway, it's that he has a, a good hypothesis and he's probably right about a number of things, but his approach and execution are all wrong. Yeah. Whereas if he he is right about factually speaking about like when he says to Ahsoka, the time of the Jedi is over. Yeah, it, it's it's been over for a solid you know three years of war at this point. You you lost yourself the second you agreed to, to grant emergency powers to this man. And now it's just a matter of of how are you going about the problems, which ties in again with another Filoni thing of Yoda telling Ezra, it's not about fighting. It's about how we choose to fight. Mm-hmm. And if Maul Absolutely. had shown up, if Maul had shown up to the Jedi Council and fallen on his knees and expressed what he was thinking, even if he didn't want to help them, he could have turned the tide. But instead, he internalized and, and you know, like, like we said, he went Bart Simpson and he just started hanging out by himself and, and, <laughs> and started raging against the machine. And we see that the only people he's kind of looked out for are the leaders of the Shadow Collective saying everybody go into <laughs> hiding. But it's like he he just every single uh, move that he makes is the opposite. It's, it's the least effective choice. Because that's the beauty of character, right? Like he he, he never will get on his knees. Like no, yeah, it, exactly. it's not in his vocabulary. Like and and like for me that it all sort of links into Rebels. Of course, his ending of you know he's there dying and he's like. Is is the boy the way? And he's like, yeah. He's like, okay, cool. He's gonna he's gonna revenge. He's gonna give us revenge that we all need. Yeah. And like yeah. that's again, it's like and using those like the way Freddie Prince Jr. described it in his epic rant of you know Maul is Sisyphus. Like he's in on the joke. Exactly. He just doesn't yeah. like he's doomed to fail every time because that's who he is. So yeah, absolutely. And I'm glad that you mentioned the rebels moment of. Um, I, I'm glad that you mentioned the rebels moment of Kenobi taking Maul out in like two freaking strokes because Mm -hmm. in this episode or in the previous episode, it's all blurring together. All I know, I'm overwhelmed right now, but listening to Obi-Wan Kenobi tell Ahsoka that he doesn't stay dead, you better capture him. I believe that was the last episode. Mm -hmm. And then um, watching this epic battle and then thinking about how easily in air quotes, I know it's from a lot of time and reflection and understanding of the situation um how we go from he doesn't stay dead easily make sure you capture him and he's not easy to kill to taking him out in two strokes and rebels it's just like it just so it shows you how incredible that time that yeah. obi-wan kenobi spends in solitude is and tangent, i really need that freaking <laughs> disney plus series oh god yeah <laughs> yeah yeah how how did we get from yeah he's really really hard to kill to one two done and it's the it's, fact that it's going to be like De- deborah chow is going to be able to take that theme and stretch it out across a series is like ah, it's gonna be oof. so good you know what that is yeah that's great. what is it it's um, growth baby <laughs> growth. I'm gonna, i've got two points one for Auden first and then one to claire uh Auden, you said wow, thanks you no present for me <laughs> you're, of, you're the only one I'm not commenting back on there we go yeah uh, <laughs> Alden first of all I just want to say um, we said about him not going more not going back to the council or groveling with respect uh, one of the masters on that council chopped his dick off uh, number two <laughs> you said you said Ooh, baby. He, he only talked to Crimson Dawn, the Pike Syndicate, and Black Sun. And I would say that, you know, when the galaxy is going through uh, tricky stuff, it's always good to 
make sure that your stocks are in order. Um, yeah, yeah. You don't want to lose your money. That's just crazy. That's what the American the true, government has shown us. So, yeah, Maloney is the true mall in real life. He had visions of of COVID nineteen, and he started to write it into into Clone Wars. <laughs> Here, the politicians are going to see the stock market crashing and get out before mm-hmm, get out outside. Dryden just got on his yacht and was like, "I'll just fly around and get myself a girlfriend." I guess it's a delete scene from Solo <laughs> where Maul says. Kira, take the oil to Daphomir. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I declare, I was going to say about Obi Wan, that growth in his character is that he, in the Clone Wars, at the end of the like the beginning of Revenge of the Sith, he is he's arrogant. He's drawn up with the whole Jedi failure. He's saying, "Oh, don't when you kill Maul, it's very difficult to kill him." <laughs> in Rebels, he doesn't want to kill Maul. He no. would have let him go. Mm-mm. He would have been like, yeah. you know what? Not really worth my time. <laughs> Please go away. Um, it's not until he's pushed to the brink in order to help save Luke that he ends up killing Maul. And the way he does it so quickly, it's almost like I have to let old things aside. This isn't worth it. Mm-hmm. I love Satine, but killing you will not bring her back. Nothing will be gained from that. And I feel yeah. like Maul kind of gets that at the end. I know he still pushes that. Because I still think when he says avenge me, it's obviously like, oh, typical Maul. But I still kind of feel like he wants some peace out of that. And he gets that. Anakin does stop the Sith mm-hmm. for about 30 years. But, you know. It's all and good. we yeah. sort of, you know, we know I... that Maul, at, the, at, the, at this point in the siege, at the end of this episode, he's telling Ahsoka, let me fall. Let me die. I want out of this. Exactly. And he's in this Sisyphus arc, oh. you know, like we referenced, like it's the up the hill, down the hill. And he hit a down the hill here. And then it's fi- not until Obi-Wan finally puts him down that he's like probably in his Thank mind. God. like, Yeah, dying's not that bad right now. This is actually kind of yeah. nice. And it and it ties in with what Sam Witwer has said in that wonderful uh, viral video from that convention appearance that he was doing where he explains uh, the episode Twin Sons and how that moment in the Dune Sea is like the most important outpost in the galaxy. And it's about one man who has changed and has accepted change and one man that cannot change. And it's only him switching to the Qui-Gon stance that, you know, it baits this part of Maul uh, it, it, that he can't control. This part of him that, you know, that like we were saying, that, that kid that, you know, speaking of character, he won't fall on his knees. And if he saw Qui-Gon's stance and ha- was a changed man, he might have been like, I see what you're doing. All right, I'll leave the desert, you you, you wise old guy, you. Uh, <laughs> but instead, like, it's, you just cannot let go. Maul and, Maul and Anakin are more similar than I think uh, a lot of people even realize of these. And they haven't these, met. <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly, yeah. <laughs> these these youths that, that never had the fair shake. Stay in that cockpit. <laughs> yeah, he did, try to, he did try to slide his head off when he tried to run to the ship. Anakin, get on board. <laughs> yeah, like, everything again. Not not to make this Rebels episode, but everything that Twin Suns duel symbolizes is just it is for me like the pinnacle. It's up there with Luke. Uh, you know, I am a Jedi. Like my like, it is up there. That's that's how deep animation can get into yeah. how we appreciate this stuff. It's it's mm-hmm. so good. Also, I, controversial opinion: um, Obi Wan and Maul are a dyad in the Force. 
Um, good night, ooh, everybody. Ooh, I'm going to bed. Ooh. Peace out. It's been real. That's the last did, real thing I've hit his dick. <laughs> <laughs> he just puts his hand on his like bottom they half, goes back. The <laughs> they both, the they cradled both of them before they died. But to be fair, <laughs> yeah, dude. I can give you a quick tug before you go to sleep. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I want to take Obi Wan's hand. I'm going to kiss you on one of your many little horns. <laughs> Suck on one of those horns. Just- Kenobi! <laughs> um, I, yeah. There's something really sort of... I kind of... If I had to change anything, I want to go back to the editing bay for episode 9. And that scene where Ray is looking up to the stars. I want it to be like, Yes, Ray, do what you must. Bring balance like I did, Ray. And then out of nowhere, just hear Maul go, Kill Ben. <laughs> <laughs> and Open was like, Maul, like, my like, apprentice. But <laughs> <laughs> I want to like a comedy where like Maul's like, Maul is like, oh, okay, you got me. You just kill him. <laughs> Everybody's like, oh, this guy. This <laughs> guy. That's <laughs> all jokes you have. It's like, why is he even here? Crazy <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> 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 him. <laughs> I imagine even, Pal- little even Palpatine reacts. He like rolls his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine a little cartoon of that little cartoon where uh, Darth Maul passes Obi-Wan Kenobi the note of let Qui-Gons be bygones. And then you see him giggling in the background. That's exactly how I pictured that interaction. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Clone Wars is good. It's it really good. good. And there's um, <laughs> something really specific that I think we all kind of knew was happening, um, but I feel like is worth highlighting again. Uh, so Ray Park was in the mocap suit, and that yes. was incredible. And um, it's also, foot kicks. I'm sorry, dude. Continue. That's the thing. It's like even if they didn't tell us, it's like the, these are we just know obvious. <laughs> you can see it. Like either that is the most yeah. expert level like attention to detail animation which I, of course, would not put past them. Um, or, yeah, that's him. It's, it's just straight up him. And also, it's, it's him. shout out, Every, shout out oh to uh, Lauren Mary Kim as well, who did the mocap for Ahsoka, because... She looks incredible. Yeah, some so of these good. moves are unreal. And, like, there was a part where, like, Maul kicks Ahsoka's lightsaber and it, like, flips up and she catches it, like, in stride. I'm like, I'm pretty <laughs> sure that got me, like, immediately sexually aroused. And, like... <laughs> It was just mm, so much, and when she like eats him out the window too, I love that too. It's so I love good. how it's the the double blades. Uh, it's, it's like oh the my wall god, it's out. the hole where he went through the window, and then the two little lines are on the double blades. Oh my god, it's so good. And before that, when she calls Very her Tom second saber, and he jumps it, and you get the shot of her hand oh. catching it, and oh. it looks just like the shot of Ghost Luke and Rise of Skywalker catching oh. the hero blade. It's mm-hmm. so it's, bad. Oh, yeah, there's too so much. Said, it's like, oh god, sorry. Oh yeah, sorry. It reminded me of um, Gremlins two, when uh, yes! the, brain, the brain gremlin gives the uh, the bat gremlin, <laughs> and he goes out the window, and it makes a bat signal. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> if, if there's a if there's a panel for this at the next celebration, uh, a Clone Wars remembered. You gotta go up to the mic and ask Dave. <laughs> it was a reference. Hey, uh, Dave, uh, why wasn't the mark on the war giant version of Darth Maul's head? <laughs> oh my god. 
And yeah, like just going, you know, we talked about sort of the care and everything that's been shown so far. And it's like, just the, the way the craft has been elevated. It's so like, just, I mentioned that scene earlier where Ahsoka, um, sort of says like, Oh, if Anakin did come, you wouldn't, you, you wouldn't have lasted that long. And like, there's the cinematography of that scene of them pacing and these like sort of gaps in, in the, the dueling. It, it was just, it was so perfectly crafted. I can't even, it's like, yeah, words don't give it justice. It's like, you just got to sit and appreciate it. And scream into your apartment and <laughs> have all your neighbors up. make noise complaints. Also, oh, I'm pretty man. sure someone said the person who uh, did the mocap for Ahsoka was the one who did the Mandalorian stunts for the armor in the finale. I, I do believe that is yeah, correct. Yeah. I think that's yes. true as well. And Very you cool. can see those styles with the dual wielding, the 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 hammer and and the forging tools and everything. And there's just something about the way that Ahsoka and Maul move in this episode that looks weighty in a way that other animated fights haven't. And it just feels like actual muscle movement and it's just mm-hmm. it's just gorgeous like just thinking about i mean they should honestly bring in keanu reeves and let him mocap rex for whatever's about to happen unlimited headshots everywhere just john funny wick that you, it's funny that you say that because it's just like that is the difference between the other lightsaber battles from the clone wars and this one is i feel in the other ones, it's almost like they're in zero G. They're weightless attacking mm-hmm. each other. And this one, you can see the punch and the power behind every freaking stroke. There's clearly a difference, at least in my viewing of it through the animation. It's mm-hmm. just I, yeah, I'd agree. wild. Yeah. And just the way Ray Park hops and does these like double jumps and and kick, it's leggy, all in the leggy. feet. It is all in, in the, the feet. feet. Yeah. It's like this guy, man. Oh, so, and some of his like stances, oh, it's just, it's, it baffles my mind. And I think like, again, just talking about the way they like frame things, that shot of when she says your, your vision was flawed and just the way the lightsabers looked as she said that. And, oh man, it's again, words, <laughs> words don't give it justice. It's so good. Can we also talk about, so there's one thing that Darth Maul does in the films, which I particularly love and I feel like was missing from the Clone Wars. And that is the specific Ray Park sneer. Uh, yes. Walking, where he walks around and just sneers and like, like it's, oh, it just gives me chills. I love it. Oh, the, uh, the, when Qui-Gon is meditating and yes. he's on the other side. Yes. Yeah. That whole, I think that the I love that in, um, from the distance look. So yes, good in the, the old Republic MMO, they just call it seethe. Like it has its own ability and you just, <laughs> your character just walk back and forth like that. It's just, it's just so good. It's just one of those things. I just, and I have to say, with the Clone Wars, we give credit for the the storytelling and, and such as you know all that stuff. But with the characters, the storytelling, the, the way it's done, the animation, just in general for Star Wars, the Clone Wars is such a great breeding ground for new stories and ideas. And I feel like if this final story introduces that concept of using mocap for animation in the future, just thinking about the stories we could potentially tell. For years to come. Oh, absolutely! I mean, think ah. about the next time that we see, you know, Ezra Bridger. the The things we'll be able to do with him and what he's learned, and how he'll fight, you know, like a like a like a knight, like a man. And we, mm. we get someone like this, a martial artist, to to do his motion capture. I mean, it it speaks to 
to growth. I mean, especially debuting this Ahsoka fighting after she had put down the blades for a little while and tried to walk away from this life. Now she comes in with that more hard hitting the for the more hard hitting emotional beats, too. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's you know, I I saw a tweet uh, just now earlier this morning after I watched the episode that said some of the best battles that we've ever had, the best duels have been in animation because it just sort of opens up the toolbox for everybody. Yeah. And like we're talking about um, it's like mocap, like some video games have been doing mocap for a long time now. And we've we've seen with Mandalorian this this blend of using the Unreal Engine right to to um, render the the graphics for the set right. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're starting to see this real like marriage, especially in Star Wars, with sort of video game technology and you know crafting of if you you know these series and stuff. So yeah, it's it's a marriage that I think is just going to get deeper and deeper as we and even proceed. like in this this terms of the stories and the styles. I mean, we hear all the time how Mark Hamill talks about, Oh, during doing return of the Jedi, I wanted to have like some one handed moves and make it more fancy. And George was like, no, they're supposed to be like broadswords." But then the prequels threw that out the window and <laughs> it's the sequels and episodes like this that have found that, that perfect, you know, star Wars balance and how I loved Ray versus Kylo on the death star Two wreckage for how weighty it felt. And the, when they landed down, it felt like there was oomph behind it. And this episode mm-hmm. has that same oomph in every single thing that happened. Ray, the back, backflip queen. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I got to say, Ahsoka was killing it on the backflips during that fight sequence. Oh, she was going full on like Simone Biles on that shit. She really was. <laughs> she was like, on the fucking pommel horse going nuts on that. Yeah, oh. insane. Insane. Yeah, I mean, kudos to Maul and Ahsoka for, you know, just being great at tight roping. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> they did that too. Total balance being action be, right there. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Gold medals all around. <laughs> well, also, what a line of um, the, the Padua. It looks like the Padua needs one more lesson or something. Oh, I loved that. So I good. loved that. Because so it ties juicy. in with... With Ezra in the season four, you know, all the hype and everything of, of Rebels, mm-hmm. of the one last lesson. One and last lesson. He was a mall apprentice for a hot second. Um, lo- I love all of the the line throwbacks that we get. I, I mentioned to you guys the whole um, Luke, you know, you'll find I'm full of surprises. And then Ahsoka, mm-hmm. you'll find I'm full of reasons, for, full of things for you to dislike. And it's it's just perfect. It's great. It's like poetry. It rhymes or something. Something like that. <laughs> And like Nikki said, it's almost like this Dave guy has a future. <laughs> uh, I don't want to you know, put too much, weight yet. too much weight yet. Uh, you know, we want to let him foster. My, but a little too bold. He yeah. has to prove himself to the fans. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my God, this guy is achieving. Mm. Well, I think um, that's all we've got time for this week. That was a pretty weighty discussion. Again, I think we're just going to forgo the whole moist thing because obviously this is what made us moist. Uh, second week Can I mention one thing yeah. really quickly that no. I think happened uh, while sorry. we were recording? <laughs> yeah, go on. Just kidding, um, go ahead. I think this happened like right before we started recording, and that's news that uh, like Genevieve O'Reilly has been added to the Cassian series. Yes, Queen, I nice. saw that! To the what um, series? The Cassian, the Cassian series. series. Oh, wow, really? Which is like, Mon of course. Mon Mothma's coming back, of course, baby! But, um, it's nice to see that re- a Hollywood reporter came out with that, so... It looks like that, that show is, um, st- there were a few other casting announcements, but that's obviously the, 
Stellan Skarsgård. Stellan Skarsgård's been a big one, yeah. Um, You you know what that means. It means that I'm just a couple announcements away from getting Radis and General Merrick back. Yes, baby. General Merrick better be back. His sexy mustache better be back Mm. in this this (laughs) series. That's right, Claire. That's right. We'll talk about this later. (laughs) (laughs) I'll DM you later, Alden. (laughs) Does he have an OnlyFans account? <laughs> He's about to. I hope so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Anyway, that that's all. That's my other little droplet of moisture that I felt should Jesus be added Christ, to the pot. Are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> that was the sound of her. You know what? Hitting the table after talking about Merrick. You might be right. You might be right. <laughs> A big fat. Also, dick. I'm sorry, Ben. <laughs> edit that out. <laughs> um, my limbs yeah. just flail when you talk about. General Merrick, so my bad. My bad. He died. Shut your whore <laughs> mouth, Charlie. <laughs> that must have been Couldn't even eject. Yeah. I will eject you from this podcast. That's what's about to happen. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Empty Got threats. Him. I've heard this before. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're right, but whatever. Just kill me now. Oh, um, God. Like, hanging off. Um, but yeah, that's all we've got time for this week. Uh, Alden, do you want to plug where everyone can find you? Yeah. So if you guys enjoyed uh, my insights into loving Dryden Voss and Paul Bettany's face, you can find me on Twitter at AD underscore Strider, on Instagram at A period D period Strider, and find my show Octo Radio at AHCHTO Radio on all your podcast platforms uh, and retweeting uh, memes that Charlie makes. So yeah. <laughs> Very good. Um, dank me. Also, I'm pretty sure you've got some cool guests on the show soon, right? I do. I do. So uh, when this episode comes out, we will it'll either come out at the same time as my episode with Miss Claire, or Woo! it will come out uh, shortly thereafter. Either way, Claire and then Nikki is right thereafter uh, later on this coming week, uh, diving into their Star Wars origin stories, talking about animation talking about fandom uh, even talking about college and oh yeah, god it, yeah it's, that happened it gets a little emotional and not just with you claire not just with you we do we, oh we nikki to, we talked about your dark days too we went long we went Nick, nikki and i they went long we, ended yeah, we, we, <laughs> nikki and i were like we tried to wrap up the episode like three times and we just kept going uh yeah good good times and i'm sure we'll all be doing more stuff soon Oh, yeah. oh, I, see that. I see that they've um, stars.com officially announced, uh, confirmed the casting for Mon Mothma. Oh, hell um, yeah. Here yes, we go. Queen. Stellan Skarsgård has been confirmed. So, you know, all those uh, uh, Bill Turner Some fans. things are happening. All those Bill Turner fans will be happy. Um, hey. <laughs> Denise Gow, who is from Collar and Angels in America. And Carl Soller. Nice. Also, there we go. Not Much excite. Yeah, Tony Gilroy, will co-wrote, who co-wrote Rogue One, will write, direct, and serve as showrunner for the series. <laughs> the savior of this particular story, I suppose. <laughs> for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> who doesn't like it, but somehow gets it. Yeah. And isn't what there a, also a, a rumor that Rick Famuyiwa was going to jump over to this one? I have heard that. Mm, yeah, I hope so. My king. He's so good. Yeah. I dig that man. I dig him. Und- underrated genius. Mm-hmm. 
But yeah, that's all. <laughs> that's all we've got time for this week. Thank you for joining us. We will be doing a live show. I don't know if it'll be out already. So, um, but if you want to catch up on the previous live shows we've done, feel free to check that out on YouTube. Um, yeah, thank you. See you later. <laughs> Bye, everyone. <laughs> Bye. Bye. You don't know what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> Let me die. <laughs> Hey out there in listener land, thank you for listening. If you want to hear or see more from the Senators, please go to the website imperialsenatepodcast.com, where you will find links to the Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram for the show, as well as our Discord server, Twitch, and YouTube channels. You can also email in to imperialsenatepodcast at gmail.com, and please consider leaving a review on your podcatcher of choice. Thank you again, and may the Force be with you.